For over five years, I worked in a remote setting at two different educational nonprofits. I worked from home and spent a lot of time on my laptop and on Zoom. Sounds familiar, huh? Both organizations had staff members who lived across the country, and we only saw each other in person a few times a year. So you might be surprised to hear that despite the physical distance, we were able to form strong relationships across teams and with individuals. In fact, in some ways, we were able to form a stronger bond because of the distance. But our close ties didn't just happen. It was intentional, both on the part of the team leaders and each individual. So today I'm sharing some of the simple strategies we use to intentionally build our relationships with the hope that it will spark some ideas for you to use with your own students. Okay, enough with the intro already. Let's get to the good stuff. former middle school teacher and math coach on a mission to help educators create a positive classroom community and reach every learner, all while finding balance in their own lives. Since I've left the classroom, I've learned so much about equity in education, building classroom community, math instructional practices that increase accessibility and learning, mindfulness and self-care, and ways to maximize time and impact through focused work and prioritization. Through conversations with experienced educators, you'll gain new knowledge, insights and inspiration, and practical ideas to try in your own classroom. I'll also share my many lessons learned over the years with the hope that it will accelerate your learning curve as a teacher. If you're an educator who's working hard to accelerate your students' confidence and understanding in math, you're in the right place. I want to be your mindful math coach, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Just as you spent time building relationships with and between students in a more normal school year, it is possible to create a strong community of learners even if you are teaching in a remote setting right now. But just as we had to be intentional as a group of adults working remotely, you and your students will need to as well. The good news is that a little effort can go a long way. You don't need to turn yourself inside out or spend hours coming up with virtual icebreakers for your class day after day. So as I mentioned in the intro, I've spent a good part of my career working remotely with teammates living across the country, and yet we were able to form real and trusting relationships. And as I thought about what contributed to that, I came up with three categories of things that I want to share with you. I'll also fold in a few ideas of how you might be able to apply these strategies with your students. Here we go. First, we almost always started meetings with a whip around question. A whip around is a get to know you question that's meant to be quick. Something like, what's your favorite ice cream? Or if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Now you might wonder if these kinds of questions really help you get to know someone. And the answer is yes. First of all, 
even if you go no further than a one or two word answer, the cool thing that happens is that you start seeing what you have in common with other people. Something as simple as the fact that both of you like mint chocolate chip ice cream becomes a point of connection. Second, over time you start to get to know people's personalities by the way they answer. And finally, as everyone becomes more comfortable with each other, you can weave in questions that go a little deeper. What's something you're scared of? What's the most important characteristic of a good friend? Tell us about a time you had to make a hard decision. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Chrissy, I do not have time to come up with get-to-know-you questions. My brain is already fried from all the other work I have to do. Don't worry, I'm with you. Here's what I suggest. Ask your students to come up with the questions. Here are a few ways you could do that. Okay, first, assign each student a day where they need to come prepared with a question. Okay, another way to do this is to create a Google survey where they can submit questions that you can pick from every day. And finally, you could tack this onto another assignment that you're already giving so that the last question says, what would you like to learn or get to know about your classmates? Then compile those together and choose one every day to ask your kids. This is exactly what I did with my team. We rotated who came up with the questions. And the cool part was that not only did they come up with some amazing questions, but they showed me when they were ready to go deeper through the questions that they asked. Now, as a result of this activity, we learned more about each other we shared more about ourselves, we built trust as a team, and we shared a lot of laughs together. And the strength of our relationships that were built, in part from this seemingly surface-level activity, were the foundation we needed to work together collaboratively and to work through conflicts when we had them. One more point on this before we move on. If get-to-know-you questions just aren't your thing, or if you're afraid they will take too long, I'd suggest doing a variation of this activity that fits with your personality and your comfort level as well as your time constraints. So two quick ideas on that. First, bring back old school show and tell. Assign each kid a day and let them show something that's special to them and explain why. Even middle schoolers love this kind of thing. When I taught eighth grade, we did a student of the week and they were so into it. As part of it, they shared their favorite song. I kept track of them, and at the end of the year, I made each student a CD with everyone's song on it. Okay, another idea is to get a list of appropriate would-you-rather questions and use technology to poll your students. So, for example, you could put this question on a slide. Would you rather give up TV for a year or give up social media for a year? Then you could set a timer for two minutes and allow a few students to share the reason they picked one over the other. Remember, the goal is to have a shared experience where you laugh together, find points of connection, and learn something unique about one another. Okay, so that's something you can do at the beginning of the lesson to build a sense of community among your students. Now, how about during the lesson? Well, as I thought back about my experience working remotely, I realized that one way I got to know my teammates was when we collaborated on our work. We spent time in meetings sharing ideas and discussing them. We gave each other feedback, both positive and constructive. We shared challenges we were having and heard suggestions for ways to overcome those challenges. 
These activities not only strengthened the quality of our work, but it helped each of us grow in our skills. Finally, it strengthened our sense of team because we were truly supporting one another to accomplish our goals. The same can be true in math class, whether you're in person or virtual. I truly believe that sharing and discussing ideas is one of the most important ways students make sense of their learning in math. Of course, if you're in person, the easiest way to do this is to call on students to share their ideas at the board. But in a remote setting, that can be trickier with screen sharing and muting and unmuting. So if you're teaching students remotely, there are some great tools available to help students to do just that. And I know you may already be familiar with these, but just in case, I wanted to mention a few. First is Pear Deck. Pear Deck is a Google add-on that will help you make your lessons more interactive if you are presenting using Google Slides. After creating the skeleton of your lesson, you can add various features to make the presentation interactive for your students via polls, quizzes, and questions that they can submit answers to. It comes with a lot of pre-built templates, both generic and subject matter specific, that you can customize. For example, they have a slide with a number line where you could add a question that makes sense for what you're teaching. I tried it out and it was pretty easy, even for me. You literally open a Google slide deck, click add-ons, scroll down, click add-ons again, and you can install Pear Deck in a matter of minutes but we will link to a short video tutorial for Pear Deck in the show notes in case you want to check it out. Next up is Jamboard. Jamboard is an interactive whiteboard that allows students and teachers to work collaboratively together. You can type text, write freehand, post images from Google or upload images you create, and comment on each other's work using virtual post-it notes. The cool thing about Jamboard is you already have access to it with your Google account. Simply click the Google Apps icon at the top right of your Google account page. It's the one with the 3 by 3 array of dots. And scroll down until you find the Jamboard icon. Click the plus sign to create a new Jam and rename it. A tool like this opens up a world of opportunities for virtual student-to-student discussion. For example, you could assign students to solve a problem and upload a picture of their answer and their work. Then, the following day, students could revisit the boards and add comments for their classmates in the form of observations, affirmations, or questions using the post-it note feature. This could happen during synchronous or asynchronous learning. Not only is this activity a great way for students to expand their thinking about the problem and possible solution strategies, but it's also a great way for you to gain insight into what your students understand and where there is an opportunity to go deeper. For example, the next time you have synchronous learning, you could highlight a few of the solutions, asking students to explain what they did, or if the students were debating an answer via post-it notes, you could spend some time discussing it together. Regardless of how you integrate student-to-student discourse in your math class, my point here is that discussion and collaboration further builds that sense of team among your students. Now, one thing to point out is that you do need to establish some sense of community prior to asking students to share their thinking, especially as students get older. They need to know that it is a safe environment, meaning no one will laugh at them or make fun of them if they make a mistake. But as long as that's in place, discussing problems and solutions and strategies will enhance both students' understanding of the math and the classroom culture you're working to create. 
And of course, we will link to a short video tutorial for Jamboard in the show notes if you're like me and prefer watching a walkthrough before you dive into a new tool. All right, on to our third and final strategy for today, which is connecting one-on-one with students. One of the ways I grew my relationships with colleagues was by interacting one-on-one. Sometimes this was in the form of a casual, virtual 30-minute coffee date. Other times, it was a G-chat, just checking in on someone or sending a funny image. Now, I know you are busier than a mosquito at a nudist colony. Side note, I actually googled busier than phrases, and this one was my favorite. So you do not have time to check in on every student one-on-one every day. That's not at all what I'm proposing. I'm simply pointing out that sometimes it's those small things, like someone remembering your birthday, or someone checking in after a meeting because you were quieter than usual, or someone offering to meet with you to brainstorm together, that helps you know that they see you and they care. So if you haven't already, I'd suggest trying to build this into your week in some way, shape, or form. I know many teachers are spending a ton of time already checking in on students individually. And in case no one else has acknowledged the time and energy you've put into it, I want to acknowledge it now and say thank you. Thank you for going above and beyond for your students like I know you are. It means the world to them and it makes a difference. Now, I would love to hear about other ways you're connecting with your students and building community in your classroom. If you're doing something innovative and you'd be willing to let me share it with other teachers, please send me an email at chrissy at mindfulmathcoach.com and tell me all about it. Then on a future episode, I can share it and give you a shout out. Okay, so just to recap, today I shared three simple but highly effective strategies to connect with your students and to help them connect with each other in a remote setting. First, embedding get-to-know-you questions and activities into the beginning of your lesson. Next, creating opportunities for student discussion during lessons, either through writing, sharing their work, or commenting on each other's work, or sharing their thoughts aloud. And finally, finding small moments between classes to connect with students one-on-one. So that's it for today. As I mentioned earlier, we're including links to information about Pear Deck and Jamboard on the show notes page at www.mindfulmathcoach.com forward slash episode 18, so you can check them out if you haven't already. In closing, I want to extend an invitation to you to join me on the journey to providing equitable math learning experiences and outcomes for students of color. If you enjoyed this episode and want to make sure you don't miss the next one, head over to mindfulmathcoach.com and sign up to receive weekly reminders for new episodes. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in.